It's Film Festival Radio, the show where superstars and future stars happily coexist together. And now, here's your host, Janice Malone. Hello, everybody. Welcome to Film Festival Radio Show. Happy Saturday to all of you listening out there. Well, Thanksgiving, of course, is over. Black Friday. Black Friday is over. And so now you're forced to get the rest of your Christmas shopping finished, over, finished, and done with. And if you haven't quite started, or if you have a person or people who are just kind of hard to shop for, maybe they have everything. You don't know what to get them. Don't despair. I have a guest that might can help you with that, and he will be joining us later on in the show. And to further speak of the show, let me tell you who our guests are. We got a lot of guests today, starting with these guests. This is not in any particular order, but I can tell you our guest today, starting with Tanner Massey. He is one of the very talented contestants from The Voice season 24. He is on Team Gwen Stefani's group and those live auditions, not live auditions, what am I saying? Those and those live rounds will be starting next week. And Tanner is a part of the group that's still competing in the live round. So he will be joining us to talk all about that. We also have Marcus Scribner. He stars as Junior. Remember Junior from ABC's hit shows Blackish and Grownish? Well, Marcus is definitely grown up. And he has a new movie that opened up yesterday, theatrically. It's uh, in major markets all over the country. It's a drama. It's titled How I Learned to Fly. It also stars uh, rapper Method man, Cedric the Entertainer has a role, and Lonnie Chavis from NBC's This. So he will be joining us to uh, tell us all about that film. We also have two of the actors uh, who are the stars of uh, the new premiere. And we also have two of the actors from the new movie... We also have two of the actors from the new movie, A Christmas Serenade, that will be premiering later on tonight on the OWN Network as a part of their annual OWN for the Holidays, which is a series of uh, holiday Christmas movies. And so this one is uh, A Christmas Serenade. It's going to launch everything off. So we will be chatting with the lead actor, Sky Townsend, and her uh, star, who also co-stars with her, BJ Britt. And then we will also have the gentleman that I told you about that maybe can help you about buying a gift for those who are, who've got everything. He is, uh, his name is Dave Beret, and he is the vice president of this company called, um, Funko, Funko, F-U-N-K-O, Funko.com. And they what they do is they make, they custom make uh, figurines and bobble, bobble heads of people, including me or you or whomever. A lot of celebrities have their own figurines. And now you can join in also to have your own customized figurine for yourself or your pets or your friends of 
That's that person who has everything. I bet they don't have their own figurine. Well, stay tuned because Funko.com's VP of Retail will be joining us day parade. So that rounds out our show. We have, like I said, a lot of guests. So we're going to get to them. So just hang on and uh, we'll bring our first guest on. And I'll be right back with our first guest. You're listening to Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. Do you have somebody? out there that you need to get a gift for and they have everything and it's kind of hard to shop for them. Well, don't despair. My next guest maybe can help you. My next guest, his name is Dave Beret. I think I'm pronouncing it correct. I'll ask him more. But he is the uh, vice president of retail at Funko, funko Funko.com. That's F-U-N-K-O.com. And this is the company that makes uh, all of these uh, Funko figurines, bobbleheads, and all of these uh, popular little gifts that were, they're like little dolls. It's called, they look like little dolls, and their latest collection is called Funko's Pop Yourself. Yeah, it allows you to make a replication or a replica of yourself, your friends, your loved ones, maybe even your pets. And it turns it into a little pop figure, like a little doll, a little figurine of yourself or your friend or relative, whomever. They have interchangeable accessories that will allow you to uh, change little outfits and little uh, things to hold in their hands. They are just so, so cute. And each one is customized in accordance to what you decide that you want on the little figurine. They are just so much fun. And so, as I said, Dave Beret, Barrer, I got to get his name right, B-E-R-E, I think it's French. As I said, he is the vice president of retail at Funko.com. So make sure you go to the website while we're talking, Funko, F-U-N-K-O.com, and place an order. This is customized, a figurine just for yourself or that person who has everything, but that, but they don't have their own figurine. You know, a lot of celebrities have their own figurine, little, little dolls like that. So now you can do the same thing. So I talked to Dave earlier in the week, and he is going to tell us all about their latest line, Funko's Pop yourself. And I have a little figurine and it's cute and no, you can't have it. It's mine, but you can get your own at Funko.com. So let's roll it with Dave right now. Beret, is that the pronunciation of your last name? Yep. Just like that. All right. Well, good morning, Dave. It's so nice to chat with you here. And uh, so let's just jump right in here. You are the uh, VP of, I love your title, isn't it? VP of Pop? Pop yourself. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. For Funko uh, Pop here. And you guys have a new line of fun going on here. Funko Pop Yourself. Tell us everything about Funko Pop Yourself. Yeah, so you know, at Funko, we're in the business of uh, connecting fans to fandoms. Uh, whether you're a fan of anime or Star Wars or sports, but the number one thing that fans have asked us for is how can myself or loved ones become uh, a Funko Pop? And that's really we love that it came from fans, and that's really what Pop Yourself is all about. It's about it's about people and how people have their interests and experience life in the pop format. So we're really excited to bring it to to market just in time for the holiday season. 
This is clearly a gift for the person who has everything and you can't think of anything to get them because they have pretty much everything. Funko Pop yourself. This is it. This is so original. It's really cool and fun. Yeah, and on the box it says one of one. Uh, so, uh, you know, really everything in theory going out the door is is one of one. Everyone's unique and can be celebrated, you know, their uniqueness in the pop uh, format. So it, it really is a unique gift for the person who, who has everything. Now, can people do this for uh, pet lovers? Maybe if they know a pet parent that they can do this for pets or what? Oh, absolutely. I mean, first of all, you could do it. I mean, it's a great gift for anyone. It could be, it could, it could be anyone, but we do have, um, uh, buddies, we call them buddies, or pets that you can add uh, to your pop. Um, we have several different dog and cat options. We just added a rabbit and a snake. And over Halloween, we had a little ghost uh, buddy. So pets are a part, part of the family. Um, so we want to make sure that those uh, fans, as they see themselves, can include that piece of their life. About how many, just a rough estimate, how many uh, Funko figurines are out here in the market? Oh, uh, thousands. I mean, we hold over a thousand different active licenses. So, mm -hmm. um, that probably gives you a little bit of an indicator of how many, uh, how much products in the market from a license standpoint. That's good to know. That's very good to know because they're so much fun. They're so cute. So do you have so far, or I know you probably can't say which, you know, names, but do you have any celebrities that are in on the fun? Yeah, I mean, we obviously within the license side of our portfolio, but I think what's super fun and has been fun is we've engaged with celebrities uh, on this brand is that in many cases, a lot of the celebrities are known for roles that they have. They play characters within uh, movies or TV shows or what have you. And, that, and that's a lot of fun, but not a lot of actual people have their own name, uh, you know, actors or actresses on uh, a Funko Pop. So that's been fun to see. And then really kind of throughout anyone, I think the the idea that, well, I may be a Funko Pop from a celebrity standpoint, or I may have played a, fun a character that is a Funko Pop. Um, the fact that they can do that with their loved ones, I think, has also really uh, resonated. They can pop their uh, kids or their their parents or their siblings or their friends. So being able to participate in that way has been uh, really fun for, for celebrities to participate in this brand. And so how can people get in? I mean, we're just at the start of, of the, say, December, but how can people get in on creating these figurines for themselves or for their friends or pets? I mean, how do they do go about this? Yeah, just it's very easy. Just go to uh, Funko.com, navigate to the Pop Yourself uh, landing page, and you're brought into the experience. And the the, the build experience is super intuitive, sequenced, uh, picking out all your different options. And it ships you in about a week. Uh, mm -hmm. But obviously, with it being the holiday season, uh, I would highly recommend to order sooner uh, rather than later to ensure, you know, a before holiday or before Christmas delivery. Yeah, and this this is the type of gift I think that is cool really all year round, birthdays, Valentine's Day season is coming up. So this is just good really any time of the year for anyone there. Such Absolutely. Yeah. I had so much fun creating mine and uh it just few little simple click click clicks and there it is. Your figurine is on the way here. So Yeah, absolutely. And and what you just said I think is important. I mean, uh, the I obviously we're in the holiday period now, but as we get forward, if you have a birthday party that's a week out, we want this to be a reliable gift. So mm -hmm. that ship time is really important to us. Um, so it's something we're going to continue to prioritize, uh, you know, in a full calendar year.
Okay, great. And again, the website is funko.com. Is that correct? Correct. Okay, funko.com, F-U-N-K-O.com. So Dave, Vice President of Pop, thank you so much for telling us all about the world of Funko Pop yourself. And happy holidays to you and your family and your staff. Yeah, happy holidays to you. Thanks for having me. Okay, take care then. Bye-bye. Okay, we're done. We have a new interview that uh, was done earlier this week that I'd like to share with you. Our guest is the very talented young actor, Marcus Scribner, and he is one of the stars of TV's hit sitcoms Blackish and Grownish on ABC. Marcus stars as Andre Johnson Jr. in all eight seasons of Blackish. And then he went on, of course, to star as the character Jr. again in the spinoff series, Grownish. Well, now we're going to talk with Marcus about a whole different uh, category of uh, the entertainment industry that he has now embarked upon. He has a new film on uh, December 1. It will be opening in major markets across the country. It's a drama, and the title of it is How I Learned to Fly. And Marcus is not only one of the principal stars of the film, but he's also the executive producer. Now, he has a, a really nice, solid cast of uh, top entertainment names, a method man, rapper, I guess he's maybe former rapper. Now he is uh, has a role in it. Cedric the Entertainer, Lonnie Chavis from This Is Us. So yes, this is a solid lineup of very talented, well-known actors there. And so he's going to tell us more about his new film, I believe, if I'm not mistaken. This is the first time that he's done a serious, dramatic role. I know he's done some smaller ones, but I mean a, a long long-term uh, dramatic role here. So again, the movie is How I Learned to Fly, and it's about two young African-American young men. Uh, they're teenagers, actually. They're brothers. And it's kind of one of those coming-of-age type of films, very inspiring, very motivating, and uh, I think you will enjoy it. I know that I did. And again, the title is How I Learned to Fly, and it opens December 1 at theaters across the nation. So without any further delay, let's bring on my recent chat with actor-turned-filmmaker Marcus Scribner. Let's take a listen. Okay, Marcus, I am doing just fine. It's so nice to hear your voice. Um, other than on television, that's how we most of us see you. But now we uh, see you here in a whole different role. Uh, mm -hmm. You have, uh, you are, tell all our listeners here that you are the star. Of course, we all know you from ABC's hit shows, Blackish and Grownish. But now you are filmmaker and, uh, Director, executive producer, I should say, for your new film, How I Learned to Fly, which will be premiering uh, in screens theatrically on December 1. Major Mark is here. And this is a drama. So is this your first time appearing in a, a real serious drama like this or what? 
Um, oh, I've had a, a, a few projects in, in the past with some, um, dramatic twang to them, I guess you could say. Um, I had how to blow up a pipeline not too long ago, but this is, um, yeah, my first foray into, I would say a, a pretty full on drama film. Um, and it was, it was a, a ton of fun and it was a very exciting new experience. Um, and, uh, I'm, I'm very excited for people to, to see it. I know, uh, like you said, a lot of people have seen me traditionally in, in grownish and, and blackish and through that comedic lens. So I'm very excited for people to, to see what I can do with a, um, a more dramatic piece. So what was it like, uh, wearing the shoes of, uh, executive producer? It was, it was a, a stressful experience, but it was a lot of fun. Um, and it was, there was a lot of learning to be had. I'd never seen the, um, uh, set through that, that sort of lens. Um, obviously, uh, as an actor, you know, you get kind of one, one view of, of the world, but being a producer, you kind of have to see things pretty holistically, um, which was a lot of fun to me. So I think it's going to help me on, on, on both sides of the camera. Um, and it, it taught me a lot about the process and, and about how things are created and, you know, fundraising and, and getting people connected to projects and making introductions and making sure things are done on time and in a costly manner. Um, all of that is involved and it was, it was really exciting to learn. Um, and obviously something that I hope to do again and, um, continue to expand on and grow with. And again, uh, the film is titled How I Learned to Fly, and it will be uh -huh. opening nationwide theatrically on December 1. It's a great film to, you know, the holiday season is usually a time when people do love to see movies, and I highly suggest this one. So, okay, before we get into the synopsis and the storyline, you've got a cast of some heavy name hitters here. So tell us about your cast. Yes, um, we have Lonnie Chavis, we have, uh, we have Method Man, we have Cedric the Entertainer, we have Michelle, we have just a, a star-studded, um, cast of, of talented, fantastic actors that were, were such a pleasure to work with. Um, everybody adds so much to the, to each scene that they're in. And I, I feel like the only way that I would, would have been able to get this project done and to, to get through playing Daniel, which was extremely um, emotionally draining was being able to feed off of these other fantastic actors who, who made me, you know, feel like I was there, feel like I was, I was, I was in Daniel's shoes having lost everything. Um, and those, those performances, I, I think they just, they just, they just ate up all of them ate up. And uh, Lonnie in particular, that's my boy, um, such a talented young actor. And um, each scene that we had together just tore me apart. So um, very, very grateful to, to have the cast that we did assembled. And it, it turned out unbelievably fantastic, splendid, wonderful. Uh, no, uh I do. Speaking of first, uh, the, the writer and director, Simon, is it Story or Story? Simon Story. Yes. Story. Okay. So was this the first time the two of you worked together? Uh, this is his film debut for him as well. So, so how did the two of you get together? Um, so my, my team kind of, uh, brought to me the, uh, the script for how I learned to fly. 
Um, I took a read of it and one read of it, I was like, okay, this is the role for me. It, it just excited me so much. And what I loved so much was, was Simon's vision. Um, Simon has such a, a creative artistic eye and, and, and kind of, um, gave us a, a crazy lens into this world and a crazy perspective. It's something that I, I, I had never had the chance to be a part of, and it really excited me. Um, and so after meeting with Simon and, and us clicking on, on what direction we wanted to take Daniel, what ter- direction he wanted to take the story, um, it was wraps after that. And, and we all trusted his vision and he was able to ex- execute phenomenally. Well, now we've been, of course, talking about the film, kind of talking around it. So let's get into the nuts and bolts of what is the film all about? I'll just throw out the first line. Two African-American teenage brothers find themselves on their own after being abandoned by their parents. You know, that is unfortunately such a common storyline today. But you take it from there and give us the rest of the story. Yeah, Um after that, I mean, the meat of where our story takes place is pretty much after what you just described. Um, and, and, and some of the details of what happened to their parents, uh, get uncovered throughout the story. I just, I just love the storytelling devices that are used with, with, um, uh, the way we use flashbacks to tell that story, but it's not the core central, um, focus of the story. The focus is on, uh, Daniel and Eli and their relationship and all the people that they meet along the way who either inhibit or, or help them on their path. And, and what I love so much about how I learned to fly is that it truly is a story of hope. All these horrible things are happening to these boys, um, who should be protected by their parents, but instead are, are stranded and on their own. Um, and through it all, they're able to, to triumph. Um, but not alone. It still takes a community to help to raise them. Um, and, and along the way, they meet great people who, um, who help to, you know, bring a little bit of hope into their lives, a little bit of hope into our lives, having to watch this, you know, traumatic experience. Um, so everything really takes place after that, that moment. And it's all about, um, what do you do after everything, you know, crumbles the dust around you. I really, one of the scenes uh, without me giving away too much, because I have a habit of telling too much. I get excited about it. I was about to tell the whole story today, earlier today. So um, you're not alone. I know. I'm just going to say there is one particular scene, uh, Cedric's character and you guys about the car repair, the car of trouble scene Mm -hmm. and the driveway and all that. And that really, resonated with me because I have, when I was a newspaper editor, I had an intern who did not grow up with a father. And so uh, myself and another coworker, we, it was similar. We kind of jumped in and said, well, son, this is how you, you need to check the oil. You need to check your, you know, and when I saw that scene, it just kind of gave me a quick flashback uh, on that. But I said all that to say this, the, the whole Everything, all the, the, the scenery, this, uh, cinematography, everything that it was so earthy and gritty and real, even down to the dirty kitchen sinks. It was so yeah. real. So where did you guys shoot the film? Was it in LA somewhere or what? Uh, yeah, we shot it around LA. It was in, um, Carson. Um, mm-hmm. and then some of our scenes were down in, uh, Santa Monica and, uh, I'm trying to think where else. 
yeah, it was pretty much those two two areas, I would say. Um, yeah, it was just, I mean, it was Simon's vision for sure. He he made sure that the, you know, the the lighting and the the way that we shot it and what we shot it on kind of all matched up to create um that gritty feel that real feel the dirty feel of um of of the camera work and and Irvin as well our our DP um he crushed it as well with the with the visuals uh it was just a perfect merriment um to create that that visual texture that you're you're describing and yeah but also I want to talk about it, it takes good people like you Janice like people who will take that time and see somebody struggling and and you know take a few minutes to to help somebody else out and to uplift somebody and teach them something that they may have not known um not out of you know just wanting to, to you know make yourself feel better or whatever but to truly you know enrich this person's life um and i feel like that's what said did so well in in his character but it's a, it's definitely a life lesson and i i know we've all had moments like that or um had people teach us things who you know know nothing about us we've never met before and those moments really are the the, the building blocks of a person. It totally so. is. You're right. By the way, that young man went on to finish college. And in fact, he got his master's degree. And I understand, I stay in touch with him. He's done music work with uh, some, some Jay-Z projects. So he's doing quite Insane. well. Insane. <laughs> yeah. Insane. Well, that's, that's wonderful to hear. Exactly. That's the kind of stuff that we need in this world is, you know, a little bit of, um, of, of positivity from, you know, uh, uh, tough situations. Absolutely. Well, I got a couple of more questions because I know you got a long mm -hmm. list of media to talk to. Okay, let's talk about the soundtrack, the music, that jazzy. Oh, my goodness. Oh, yeah. my goodness. Tell us about the music, sir. Yeah, that's all props to Simon. Um, Simon comes from, uh, he, he's directed a lot of, of, of music videos in the past and he's obviously very talented when it comes to sound mixing and, and, and editing and, and, uh, visual composition. Um, and he just coalesced just a, a, a masterful soundtrack, um, that just, completely melded with the visuals i was kind of i was taken aback when i saw the first cut of it i was like wow this really is hitting simon yeah. um but yeah he uh he's a he's a he's a genius when it comes to that and i i love the uh, the jazzy soundtrack with the uh, it just it feeds into the I don't know. It's very soulful, which I really appreciate. You know what it kind of reminded me of? And you're obviously too young to remember this. But since you are an what? actor, you might have seen it back way back, way back machine back when Spike Lee did. She's got to have it. And the, uh -huh. movie, the soundtrack, how it kind of it kind of had that feel of it to me. I have not seen it. I've heard of it, and I have yeah. not seen it, but i got to add that to the list. you got to go. Yeah. Well, of course, you can buy it rent it. It's probably on YouTube by now. It's been so long ago. But, okay, let me ask you this really fast. The house where everything primarily took place, is that somebody's yeah. actual house, or was that a house that's up for sale, and you guys just borrowed it, or what? Yes, yes. It was a very beautiful home in uh, in Carson, and we, we shot the film on a on a shoestring budget. So um, one of our, it's actually a relative of one of our producers' um, homes, and it was a very beautiful home that our art team did a fantastic job of of transforming into this um, desolate, 
space. It's so funny because if you see the before picture, you could not ever imagine it oh, being the way man. that it was. I would love to see that. I would love yeah. to see that. But you guys did an excellent job on uglying the house up. <laughs> so to speak. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Real good job. Okay. So finally, uh, what can we expect next for you? Um, I want to continue to do feature films, working on projects that I enjoy, uh, working on scripts that I love. Um, and yeah, just, you know, continue to, 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 to create things that I love, I think is, is my goal. I have, uh, How I Learned to Fly is coming out December 1st. We're about to go back and finish filming, uh, our last couple episodes of Grownish, and then that's going to be out very soon. Um, and then, yeah, just, want to continue to make make movie magic make television magic and uh do what i love does how i learned to fly have its own website and social media pages or what um i think emily will be able to um okay. send those over to you i'm not sure off the top of my head i don't yeah, want to get, we can get you uh we can get you all that information okay. so that you can put it in the piece for sure and marcus your your personal ig pages yeah um, my, my Instagram is, uh, Marcus Scribner. My Twitter or X, I guess it is, uh, is, uh, Marcus Scribner as well. And then my, uh, TikTok is Marcus underscore Scribner. Okay. Got it. Well, congratulations on this film. Again, it's How I Learned to Fly opens December 1 in theaters around the country. So everybody holiday season other than shopping and eating take a break and go see this film it's really good so congratulations again to you marcus and happy holidays to you and your family thank you janice happy holidays okay take care then bye-bye and thank you all right Emily. take care have a all right have a good film festival radio with janice malone will be right back after this with more of film festival radio show and up next on board the batter's deck here is a young man that we saw in action. We've seen him in action on season 24 of The Voice. We're talking about Tanner Massey. And Tanner Massey is on Team Gwen Stefani. Is, um, and he's showing the world just how much talent he really has. In fact, Tanner is on his way to the live rounds. Yeah, yeah, those live rounds is when it gets really, really serious. So let me tell you a little bit about Tanner. As I mentioned, he is on uh, Team Gwen, and he has uh, sang for a, a group called I hope I'm pronouncing this correctly. Acapop. It's a um, Tanner has also sang the national anthem at so many different venues, different local Opry houses such as the Rodeo Opry, Heartland Opry in Oklahoma, and just so many other places. So we're going to talk about what does it feel like when you have the gift to sing the national anthem and what are the secrets and what is the tip as to how to sing it successfully here tanner has uh, sung the the star spangled banner of national anthem uh for the oklahoma city thunder basketball team and the minor league baseball team the oklahoma city dodgers so he is very well versed on singing the national anthem. So we're going to have a lot of fun chatting with him. So we're going to see him in action, of course, when the live rounds begin on The Voice next week. So let's bring on my interview yesterday morning with The Voice 
Season 24 contestant from Team Gwen Stefani, Tanner Massey. So let's bring him on right now. Get started here. I just want to let everybody know that we are about to chat with the very talented singer. Do you songwrite also, Tanner Massey, or what? I sure do. And I have some songs on Spotify. You can listen to me at Tanner Tanner Massey. Okay, at Tanner Massey. So, okay, Tanner Massey, we now, the whole world knows you as Tanner Massey from The Voice Season 24, and you are on your way to the live rounds. What does that feel like? It feels like an absolute dream. Um, From the beginning of coming on to The Voice, I never imagined I could get this far and how much I would learn and how much more confident in my music and my artistry I would become. So I, it's an absolute dream to be on um, the live shows. So I'm really excited for it. And so you, you just noted that you've learned so much. Give us a couple of, uh, give us some pointers that you've learned from, from your team captain or from whomever. What have you learned so far? Oh my gosh. Okay. So as far as stage presence, I've learned how to be more comfortable on the stage because whenever you're in front of your idols on stage, you're singing in front of Niall Horan, Gwen Stefani, John Legend, and Reba McIntyre, and as well as the rest of America. You got to learn something about how to how to look on stage. So I've learned so much about that. I've learned how to open up and express myself as far as my artistry, because I kind of used to not really know where I wanted to go, my direction. Um, and I've just learned so much about that. And the number one thing I would say I've taken away is I've learned from all the other contestants here on The Voice who have been singing for years and years and years. They have so much information to give, so much like experience to share. And that's been the number one takeaway for me. Mm-hmm. It's just learning from all their different musical styles, sounds and riffs and all these crazy different things they do. It sounds like it, you have... Uh made some new friends among the contestants that may last for a lifetime here. Oh, 100%. Um, just for example, in my battles, I battled Lennon Bander does, and me and him have become like best friends as a result of that battle. Uh, and thankfully, we both got to go through to the next round. Um, so that was very fortunate for both of us. But we we learned a lot from each other, and I've learned a lot from... Dozens of other contestants on this show as well. So when you contestants, uh, you know, when you're in rehearsals or maybe on your free time at the studios and such, do you get the opportunity to kind of mingle and say hello with the other judges, the celebrity judges or what? Oh, as in the coaches. um, Coaches, I should say. Kind of do. Yeah. So like. For example, whenever I was on Niles, whenever I was back on Niles team, um, Niall would actually, he actually walked up to me a few times off, off stage and uh, we would talk for a little bit and it was actually really, a really cool experience. And yeah, you, you get to, you get to know your coach. Uh-huh. So currently I'm, I'm team Gwen Stefani and I, I feel like she's, you know, kind of just like a friend that I can talk to sometimes. Well, now, was this your first time auditioning for the show? Because I know a lot of contestants, they, you know, try two, three times to get on board. But what about you? Yeah, um, so I've actually auditioned, um, like, way in the past. And at one point, I was actually about to be on, I think it was The Voice Kids Germany. 
whenever I was like 14, 15, something like that. I almost went out to Germany to actually do the voice, which is pretty funny. Uh, that's that's its own little story. But yeah, I've I've auditioned a few times for all different kinds of things. And this is the first one that I really broke through and was able to get this far. What do you think it was about this time that caused you to go all the way to where you are now? Was it the song selection? Or what do you remember what you sang the, the previous times you tried out? I think it's just my experience. I think I've learned a lot just as an artist growing up. Um, maybe I didn't have enough experience. Maybe it was in my age. Maybe there was something that was just holding me back about my voice that I've kind of broken through. And I think that's what got me through uh, this time, through the auditions. Okay, let's talk about this. I understand that you have done and sang, I should say, the Star Spangled Banner at a lot of different places, the, the different Opry houses, different uh, games, basketball games, NBA. So what's been, as we know, Tanner, I know you've seen these videos and I, and I shouldn't be laughing, but all of us have laughed. Some of the worst Star Spangled Banner performer people just they just butcher the <laughs> song they just do we know you're not one of those of course but what's been your most so far what's been your most memorable star spangled banner performance so far okay i have a good one okay all right i'm glad you i'm glad you asked this question okay whenever i did the thunder uh the thunder game i did the national anthem for the nba thunder and I I was up there, but that day, for some reason, I was feeling a little stomach sick. Oh. Yeah. So I think I was like, I can't, I can't even describe. I was so close to like burping or something on while I was literally doing the anthem. And then it gets to that high note. Yes. You know, you, everyone knows the big note in the song, Rockets Red Glare. Mm -hmm. And I almost... I almost uh, had a bad moment. I'll just say that on on there. And it didn't happen. But it was so close that I literally thanked the stars afterwards, after I got back to the sideline. And I was like, oh, my gosh, oh. that was too close. Goodness, probably So I could have been one of those top 10. I could have been up there. No, but see, you know how to really know how to sing. You, you could have recovered. You could have. You could have done a duet. <laughs> you could have. I mean, I'm talking about people like Carl Lewis, Roseanne Barr, you know, we all remember oh, those. <laughs> yeah, I'm aware. I, I literally, and this is the worst part, is I will watch like top 10 videos of like the worst anthem performances before I do my anthem. And I'm like, why am I doing this to myself? What is the secret to nailing that song? I mean, obviously you need some talent, but when you actually are singing it, what's, the, what's your key to nailing that song all the time? So my key to nailing the anthem would probably just be, I mean, it's always, it always comes down to like pitch and just like the basic fundamentals of singing whenever it comes to that song, because it's just such a, it's such a iconic song. Everyone knows it. So you, you want to make sure everything is exactly how it is. Because it's such a short song and, you know, people are going to people are going to hear if you miss a note in that song. So it's about hitting all the notes and then adding a little of your own flavor to it. Now, you don't want to go too much because I know a lot of people that do that where they're going the rockets red glare and they'll riff it a hundred times. Well, you don't really want to do that. What you want to do is you just want to keep it simple and you want to give it your own little tone 
in your own little flare, and then you just finished it. And that that's how you do it the best. I remember I did it for the Big 12 whenever I was around like 12 years old um, for baseball. And that was, it was one of my better ones. And I, uh, I just, I just sang it how it is. So you it, just don't overthink it. So you mastered and nailed the Star Spangled Banner at age 12. Tanner, that's big for a 12 year old. <laughs> that's really I, I appreciate I appreciate it. I don't know about mastered. I, I think it was more of like people, you know, they were like, oh, it's a 12 year old singing it. Oh, he thinks he thinks he sounds good. No. <laughs> <laughs> well, you did. And you're still sounding good. <laughs> so, OK, here we are. We're at the weekend. You are getting ready to go into back into the voice. It's getting super serious now. So what are your plans for this weekend? Is there a lot of extra rehearsals or what's happening this weekend? Let me tell you, there are no days that I am not putting my putting my booty to work. OK, Okay. I am going crazy with uh, with vocal exercises, with making sure that I'm going to be feeling good on my performance for the song that I'm going to be doing during the live shows. And uh, poof, there ain't uh, there ain't a moment that is spared. So I have uh, been been working hard and I will continue to do that. So as far as song selection, do are you allowed to select your own song or does uh your your does Gwen do that or or what? So you actually work with your coach to select your song. Um and this this might have actually been how it kind of is for like playoffs, I believe. Mm -hmm. Um but you actually work with your coach. So in my case, I worked with Gwen Stefani to get my song. And um that's basically how that's basically how lives are going to work. Okay. Well, we will be tuning in, Tanner, to see what happens. We're going to be cheering loudly for you since you've been our guest. And we do appreciate you taking the time because I know your schedule is jacked uh, to get ready <laughs> <laughs> to get ready for this. And uh, It sure is. Oh, uh, yeah, but it's a good thing. It's a good excitement and all of that. So quickly, tell everybody your social media handles, how they can say hello to you. So, yeah, my name is Tanner Massey. Again, you can find me on my social medias at Music by Tanner on Instagram. You can find me at Music by Tanner on Twitter. And my YouTube is Tanner Massey. And you have a lot of really cool uh, songs that you've recorded previously that people can purchase and dance and whatever. So, yep, <laughs> put that in there. You sure can. But in the meantime, we're going to continue to cheer you on on The Voice next week. So, again, thank you so much. And we'll see you uh, next week on, on The Voice. Thank you so much for having me. And I hope you vote for me. Yes, I will. And get all my little friends to vote for you, too. So, okay. <laughs> I appreciate it. Thank you, then. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. Okay, we are back with more of Film Festival Radio Show with me, Janice Malone. And hopefully, if you are not yet feeling kind of Christmassy, well, Maybe we can help you out with that because our next two guests are the stars of a new movie that's 
premiering later on tonight is titled A Christmas Serenade, and it stars Sky Townsend and B.J. Britt. And you can see this movie on the Oprah Winfrey Own Network as a part of their new holiday series of movies that they do every year called Own for the Holidays. But I will tell you, again, the movie will be premiering later tonight 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central, or is that, okay, look, just just lock it on the own network because I get these time zones mixed up because it says 8 p.m. Central, and normally that will be six for us. Look, you know what? Just put it on the own network and just lock it, just lock it. But anyway, it premieres tonight, December 2, Again, it's called A Christmas Serenade, and it stars Sky Townsend and um, her co-star, B.J. Britt. Uh, but anyway, make sure you tune in later on tonight on the OWN Network to see both of them star in A Christmas Serenade. And it's a really nice, warm and friendly, get that fuzzy you Christmassy feeling when you see it. I've already seen it. I kind of cheated. But anyway, uh, let's get to my interview with both of them. We had a lot of fun. So let's uh, roll it with uh, the two stars of the new film. Own Christmas's very own A Christmas Serenade. So let's listen to it right now. I am doing just great. I'm it's early, but I'm here and I'm about to chat with the both of you. So we're speaking to two wonderfully talented actors, actresses, Sky Townsend and BJ Britt. So once again, hello, hello, and hello again. Awesome. Hello, hello. Thanks for Okay, so we are gathered here to chat about uh, the two of you are the principal stars in this upcoming uh, new movie, A Christmas Serenade. It's an original holiday movie from the OWN, the Oprah Winfrey Network. This is their fifth annual OWN for the Holidays event. So, uh, as I said, the two of you are the principal stars. So tell us what is a Christmas serenade movie all about? Yeah, I'm gonna let you take this one. <laughs> of course he is. Uh, no, you know, I mean, this movie is about um, Jeremiah is the character that returns home for the holidays and bumps into his uh, longtime love, mm -hmm. his ex-girlfriend, and there's some chaos that ensues because of that. Uh, but they ultimately come together to. Um, have this huge celebration at at their church that they grew up in. And um, yeah, it's just, I mean, it's a beautiful story. There's a lot of really honest, you know, intense themes like reconciling and um, forgiveness. And I, I really like the movie because I feel like it shows um, a relationship in a really honest light. Like it doesn't feel corny where you're like, you get over everything and everything is good again. It's like, what does it look like when you were really in love with someone and things go left? And um, how do you get things right in order to to make things go smooth for the holidays? So we had so much fun making it, but I think it's really honest. When people watch, they're going to be like, oh, I have an ex like this. I <laughs> person. Well, as I said, the movie will be uh, premiering on December 2 on the OWN Network. So now, does the, the official launch uh, of this movie, the premiere, I should say, the premiere of A Christmas Serenade, does this officially launch the Christmas season at each one of your homes personally or what? I, For me, I feel like it launched on 
know, Thanksgiving, usually after Thanksgiving dinner, everybody's grabbing the decorations and the wine and that, so the Christmas tree and wanting to put it up. And, I mean, for at least for my family, that's how it went down. What about yours, Scott? Well, you know, we live in LA, so it's like, it's warm and sunny outside. We have to trick ourselves into thinking it's the holiday season. Yeah, because we're outside. Right. Yeah. <laughs> but, yeah. yeah, I think, I think when the Christmas cookies start showing up in the stores, that's when it clicks for me. Um, but I really, I don't do the best job of decorating. So I'm trying to be better this year to get into the spirit and, <laughs> and not just let the season, you know, pass me by. Well, well, now this again, a Christmas serenade everybody premieres December 2 on network, but it sounds like this film will definitely put everybody in the festive holiday mood that they should be in. Sometimes we just still can't get it right. There's a lot of singing. There's a lot of joy. There's a lot of laughter. There's, there's a few tears. There's a few honest moments. Oh. And, and, you know, and so I, I don't, Wait, I'm not trying to give the story away, you know, but... Uh, don't give it away! No, no, don't give it away. But no, I mean, it is. And, and you know, you have all these these mixed emotions and all these different feelings when family gets together. It's, it's not always laughter. It's not always, you know, peaches and cream. There's going to be someone arguing in the corner. There's going to be someone making up over lost time. Like, it's, it's, it's just a really great story all around. And, you know, I think Sky and I really, um, really, really, uh, you know, noticed that when we were filming and we just kind of talked or, you know, talked about that from time to time, but it's just, you know, I'm, I'm excited. We're excited, you know, so I'm, we're, we're happy that everyone to get a chance to see this. And like you just said, maybe kick off the Christmas yes. you know, with the Christmas serenade. Now, when did you guys uh, film this, this movie? What month? We were, what was it? Uh, April, I believe April and May. So we were, yeah, April and May. Okay. So what is it like filming a holiday season project in the off holiday season? Do you have to, again, trick yourself or how does that work? A lot of layers of clothing. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of layers of clothing in, in, a, in a warm environment. Um, what about you, Scott? What, what, how, how did you do this? How, how did yeah. you uh, tap into this? Well, we got lucky because where we were shooting wasn't super hot. Um, I think it's really difficult to shoot a holiday film when you're in the South or like yeah. it is burning up and it's a hundred degrees and you're in a coat trying to pretend like you're shivering. Um, so we got very lucky that there was some wind and some rain to get us in the spirit. But, uh, you know, it's, it's when the script is great. Um, you, you just have a blast and we got really, really blessed with great material. So I don't think it was hard to get into, you know, we had chemistry instantly. Our director, Roger Bob took us to eat, uh, so we could get to know each other. And so it, it wasn't hard for me to get into it. I, like I said, I'm just happy it wasn't a hundred degrees. Oh, yes. By all means. Yes. So, okay. December two, again, is the premiere. Now are the two of you, are you guys going to have a big premiere at your, your homes with the family or how are you going to do that? BJ? No, no, I, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't know, I don't know, Sky. <laughs> I well, listen, I am gonna probably watch it three different times depending on when my loved ones can get together. So I, I'm gonna know the movie front and back by Christmas time. I know that's for sure. <laughs> oh well, we're going to definitely be watching it at my place here. We love the the shows and movies from the own network, of course. Here, so finally, finally, oh, can you? Each of you share what's been so far your most memorable Christmas gift so far. Is it memorable? 
Christmas gift. Everyone being able to enjoy the Christmas serenade. Christmas. I think that's that's got. Oh wow! Wasn't that that was good? (laughs) That was that was sneaky. (laughs) That was sneaky, there, BJ. (laughs) That was good. Wow, you had really good training. Did you guys hear that? That was amazing. Yeah. So so no. I have a different answer, but now I look bad. What? No. Come on, Scott. You can never look bad. Yeah. Well, you know, I just for me, I think it was really awesome the first year that I was able to spoil my loved ones because I was always kind of putting together the last minute, like recycled janky gifts in the family. And so it was really awesome to be able to ask my parents what they wanted and, um, and you know, whatever it was, whether small or big or cook me a meal or, you know, I wanted this sweater, but it was really nice to be able to, to repay my parents for everything they've done for me over Christmas. So uh, that would be my answer. Plus the Christmas serenade, December 2nd, like, no, 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 you can't, you can't, no, you can't, yeah, you can't, you can't do that. <laughs> janky christmas gifts oh my goodness we've all had the bj i know you've had a janky christmas gift you, you had to oh my god uh no i mean i think uh, oh wow <laughs> you know what no, i mean like the you know like the would you would you consider like the ugly christmas sweater like the, oh yeah uh, okay okay well cool there we go there we go the ugly we christmas are you gonna still wear it you still have it you know what? I do. I, wait, are you are you inviting us to a, a ugly Christmas sort of party? You know, it, it could possibly happen. Yes, yes, absolutely. Uh, set it up. We're there. Set it up. <laughs> we are there. Set it up. Do it. Oh my God, BJ! I would love to see you in a, a, a picture with your ugly Christmas sweater on. That would be so funny. <laughs> that would be so funny. So finally, here, where can people IG you guys? Uh, all of that kind of great stuff, handles, all that. Uh, so all my social media is under Sky Townsend, S-K-Y-E Townsend. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, we, we're just looking forward to everyone seeing the movie. So of course we'll be posting on our socials, um, but of course on the own accounts as well, we'll be, we'll be seeing some trailers before the movie drops. And uh, yeah, I, I hope people enjoy it. Okay. Awesome. <laughs> I, BJ, I think you and I are the only two people in the world in the world who still have a Hotmail account. <laughs> Look, all I'm gonna say is if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's it. That's it. Now we got Gmail too, but yeah, I'm with you. Yeah, too, but you know, I'm more like if it ain't broke, don't fix it. That's the, again. That's it. And people tease me about having a Hotmail account. I don't care what they say. I love Hotmail, but I still have Gmail too. I just love Hotmail. There you go. There you go. Yeah, it's just like that ugly Christmas sweater. We just want to keep it. There you go. I'll see you at the Christmas Christmas sweater party. I'll see you there. Yes, you will. And I'll have my ugly Christmas. I have a cap to match my ugly sweater. So I'm really decked out. Believe me. Oh, God. But anyway, Christmas serenade on the OWN Network. It's December 2nd, 9 p.m. Eastern, 8 p.m. Central Time on the OWN Network. I Did I get it right finally? Yes, I did. Yeah, there you go. But anyway, thank you. thank you. Both of you are just a delight. You're so funny. So, but anyway, we'll see you guys on Saturday night. Okay. Thank you so much for with us. Okay, take care then. Bye-bye.
Okay, that's it. We are so out of time. Thank you to all of our guests for joining us on this edition of Film Festival Radio Show. We don't have enough time to thank them all individually, but I want to thank them collectively. And of course, we want to thank all of you for listening. Make sure you stay safe, spend lots of money, and get your ship. And spend lots of money. Get all of your Christmas shopping done safely and in a timely manner. And we will see you guys next week, next Saturday, on another edition of Film Festival Radio Show. Take care. Happy shopping. Bye-bye.